0: Welcome to the Marketing for Greatness podcast, where professionals and entrepreneurs from all around the world come to learn expert level marketing and sales secrets. We believe in the power of knowledge. We give you what you love to receive when you're craving for great content. Real, clear, and specific actionable items with inspiration to take action. Here's your host, Jessica, and this podcast is gonna teach you everything you need so you can activate your greatness. hello hello how are you guys um let me give you a couple of minutes where while i get this going and uh, we are streaming and we are multi-streaming so it gets a little bit tricky okay now i see you and i see me um yes 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 Ah, you made me nervous (laughs) you made me nervous for some reason um Well, let me just change that word. You made me excited. And I am excited today because um, this morning I've been reflecting about yesterday. And uh, I always try to have um, a topic for each day for my morning reflections. And don't just, you know, think that my morning reflections are just like, oh, my gosh, you know, she is so Zen and so meditating. No, guys, not even close to that, you know. I do have a fire drill in the mornings, especially... Um, Tom is traveling this week, so I'm I'm just you know in charge of everything. So you know when when I tell you that uh, I do my morning meditations, sometimes it looks like um, I would go uh, and put a YouTube video while I'm preparing my coffee, and then just listen to that, or I just really think about the conversations that I had the day before, and then based on that, um, I just kind of think about it and. Um, do my research and go to my sources if I need to. Um, <clears throat> today, I want to officially kick off this talk that I'm having with you. Um, and today I want to talk to you about boundaries. Um, and we will discuss what I believe that is happening uh, in today's data overload days um in this part of the conversations um i had yesterday with multiple people but um let's just uh let you know uh two things number one i'm live right so you can just come here and comment and ask me any questions and you know if if i'm telling you something that made you click and made you having your aha moment Just put it there, you know, wow, hashtag aha moment. If you're catching up these on a replay, just, you know, um, type in the comments, hashtag replay, so I can always come back and have this conversation with you. One of my goals uh, is to be able to... um, multi-stream so I can optimize my content production. So um, what I'm doing is this content, um, my team will cut it and edit and then turn it into podcasting. So if you ever want to check out our podcast, you, if you have your cell phone, you know your podcast app, you can download it. Um, last year, we produced several episodes. And unfortunately, when we transfer our website, don't ask me why, we lost uh, many episodes there and i was like so discouraged from podcasting but i realized that um people you know podcasts have um kind of its own audience and some people love podcasting especially those who are in heavy traffic and you just don't want to hear just the same music over and over and especially because you're looking for some great inspiration so here we go um my editors, this is where my official uh, podcast episode is going to start. So Boundaries, guys. Yesterday, I had this conversation with a friend of mine because I was telling her that um, I was having resistance and hesitation from some people that when I cleared up the conversations, I realized that number one, I didn't set up the right boundaries. And number two, they were having very unrealistic expectations. So what do we see from that statement that I just told you right there? Number one, how do you set up boundaries? And number two, how do you know if your expectations are realistic expectations? When it comes to relationships, communication is the most important thing, yet we miss it. We miss many things because we assume we're not clear. And especially when it comes to uh, letting the person know what do you expect and what the person should expect from you, it's crucial in particular these days when it comes to the data, okay? So let's talk about Facebook, for example. Um, let's say that you and I are Facebook friends um, and you have me on Messenger and maybe you see that I am um, online, Okay. Probably your expectations are that if you send me a message, you probably will see that I saw it and you expect that I will be replying that message pretty much instantly because you see that I am there. I have heard these Uh, conversation over and over. Um, And I'm sure that you have heard it too. You know, when you hear that the person says, and they, they were online and they were looking at my messages and they ignore me. Stop it right there. What you're doing, number one is how do you know that, you know, you're entitled to receive an instant communication right there from the person. Okay. And the second thing is where are the boundaries in that relationship? You know, you are as busy as the other person is, okay? So when we are having those instant messaging and using those instant messaging systems, let's just really clarify something, okay? Just because you are online, that doesn't mean that you have to stop whatever you're doing to reply to those conversations that come in. I am a firm advocator of optimizing your life. That means that you plan your day, you get to the 90 minute drill where you have the most productive activities so that you can have more time to be creative. Okay. So how can we manage both ways? How can we serve the person who is expecting to receive an immediate conversation while serving our agenda of living an optimized life? It's boundaries. I'm actually realizing that in this era where there's so many communication channels, um, one of the things I see, you know, from my clients, they text me, If, if I don't reply, they try to find me on Facebook messenger. If I don't reply, they go to the Instagram messenger and then they send me message there. Um, you know, and it's, it's really overloading right now. I need to put myself up there and accept responsibility and set up boundaries and what are the realistic expectations? So, It comes to basically understanding that, for instance, in Messenger, maybe when you are online and you can't really reply, turn the thing off. Turn the thing off so people don't expect an immediate response. Or in the other side, if you want to be more mindful, because let's be honest, we will forget to turn the thing off. um, Before you just leave as a poker on the Messenger, say, hello, how are you? Can you chat? Do you have a couple of minutes for me? I have a quick question for you. That's a great opening that can really facilitate amazing conversations. I actually have the rule. I never call anybody if I don't ask permission. And I always just send a text. Hey, are you available? Can you talk? And if I don't receive a message, I will not call them. Okay. Apparently my mom has never understood that rule, but it's, it's my mom, right? (laughs) Anybody relate here? You know, you have friends that they're very respectful with your time. They really ask permission before calling you. I think it's almost like a, like a, like a standard rule on these days, but there are some people that they just don't get it. And they call you right away. Um, it urged me, it really urged me. So let's really apply that rule in other instant communication messenger uh, devices, like messenger, instant direct message, you know, or the WhatsApp or any shots that you guys use, Snapchat, whatever, you know, ask before sending the message that you want them to read. Because, there's a good chance that they're not going to be paying full attention to what you want to say and you deserve the full attention. So boundaries are important to set up and also boundaries are important for you to respect, respect that person, respect their boundaries. Um, I'm not seeing comments and I know that you guys are there and I want to say hello to you, but I am afraid that if I do this, I'm just going to destroy my streaming here. So hello, I'm going to just type, hello. And then, okay, if you have any comments, just put it right there. Okay. So we talked about expectations and we talk about boundaries. How can you set them up um, in both ways? Right? So I have installed, for example, um, on my email, make sure that you have an automatic responder and set up what the users should expect from you. Should they expect an answer in the next you know, couple of minutes? Should they expect an answer in the next hour, in the next day, in the next week? Like, what is it? This is another conversation I'm having recently with professionals. They're overwhelmed with emails. Some of them have aborted aborted the emails completely. I told them, in my case, I declared email bankruptcy. And that means that I just got really overwhelmed by so many communications on top of the communications that I was getting via uh shots right, so it comes to be a lot it comes to be a lot when you take in consideration all of those conversations that we receive from people that they want to have access to our brain and our attention almost like it's there's a race for attention, and we have to be mindful of that people so. Tips for that, you know, make sure that you are setting up boundaries when it comes to your email. Um, When are you going to be answering those? Are you going to be answering them, you know, only once a day, twice a day? Let people know. I actually had clients that were really offended because I was not answering emails, you know, in the next couple of hours. And I needed to put those rules. I have a friend who told me that um, their clients were really disappointed that it was three hours and then they didn't get a response via email. Now, let me ask you this. What do you expect when you send an email to a professional? Do you expect that they reply to you instantly? Or maybe if you are expecting an instant response, uh, maybe you use texting. I want to hear your opinion. What I realized was um, email these days, it is a very cluttered space and communications can get lost. If I know that I need an instant reply to something, I better get my idea clear, short, quick. I can send it on a text message and I can say, Hey, you know, do you have a couple of seconds? I'm going to send you a text with a q- quick question. And I'm actually, I use voice a lot, especially in the messenger chat because voice can really help you to uh, get through your fear that you're not really putting in words the right energy. And you want to make sure that people are understanding the message. And usually texting gets to confusion sometimes because people get, oh, you know, she wrote this. Um, You know, as you know, when you write a text or you write an email in all caps, which is how, you know, my clients were like, I haven't gotten a response from you. And they were just writing to me in, in all caps. Uh, And I was like, Ooh, why this person is getting so insulted? Well, you know, I didn't really put the expectations the right way, um, on how long it should take me to, uh, to reply an email, right? One, one lesson here is that, uh, make sure that when you put up those boundaries, You respect them because if you say, I want to take the time to answer my emails, but then you always reply to them instantly, then you are just making yourself so that your exception becomes the rule and they just get used to it. They just get used to you replying instantly and they like that. Of course, you know, who doesn't like to feel that their communication is, is the most important thing that you have to do in their life, right? In your life. So of course, you know you they they want to feel that way. Now I also want to talk to you about a reflection I had, and I posted this morning um, when Facebook reminded me that eight years ago today I was in LA. And I was sharing my inspirational story on how I lost 70 pounds and I was able to keep it. And I was just so excited about getting into fitness, getting into the healthy lifestyle. And uh, that event was simply amazing, not because of what happened, but in, in you know, seeing how things have evolved. Uh, definitely eight years later, I still have friends and not only the friends that, uh, you know, not just. Facebook friends. From that, I was able to make one friend that is now somebody that is in my life, uh, pretty much very, very consistently. It's somebody that if I'm sick, that's the person that I will call and all because of a Facebook, uh, a friendship. So never, never, never underestimate the power of social media, the power of those connections. Now, on the other hand, make sure that you put some time into nurturing those connections. A tip there, if you really care about people. One thing that I do is I just mark them as close friends so I never miss their updates. And that's my way to say, hey, I'm here. I'm watching you. I learned this when I was actually doing this training for my team back in the days of direct sales when um, I became you a know, top leader there. And I always remember that one of my favorite lessons to give them when they were starting and they were so confused on how to recruit. And listen to this, guys. If you are in any role in sales, um, and maybe you don't say or you don't identify yourself with sales, but you know, honestly, you are, even if you're dating, you're selling yourself, you're trying to sell your, your image, you're t- t- trying to sell, you know, your best version of yourself. So the person feels like, They want to be with you. Um, If you're applying for a job, you're selling yourself. If you're in products, of course, you're selling your products. But the reality is that before even the person can go and turn their heads into what you are trying to convey them to buy, they really are thinking about themselves and if they can see themselves liking you. So the likability, it is a factor. In psychology, that when you are trying to influence people, you really need to learn how to win them. Okay. There's a book, very, very old book, How to Make Friends and Win People. And honestly, making friends and winning people was not a skill that I had, it was a skill that I needed to learn why is that well a couple of things that I understood why I didn't have such you know natural uh, skills around respecting boundaries meeting people and really make it about them I was a, a an, an only child I grew up in a place where there's you know not even like you know 2,000 people in, in in our you know immediate uh, town and I was just wild I I was just you know able to just do my thing and, and do what whatever. Whatever I wanted. So (laughs) when you when you live in a small town and it's very very different than when you live in a city with a million people. I think the the exposure to diversity, exposure to millions of people, really make you be more aware of your space, aware of the way that you treat others. But when you don't have that many experience, that much experience, and when you're kind of the queen, um, you don't care. Right. And that was me. I was a brat. I didn't care. Um, so I needed to refine my skills. I remember that I hired a coach and he would put it in this in this words. He said, uh, we need to soften your skills. And I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Why do you need to soften my skills? I'm a warrior. You know, I don't need to soften anything. But it turns out that when you get to be a soft person and when you need to be more aware of how are they expecting um, you to behave with them, they will be able to like you. And uh, it turns out that those skills that I acquired have helped me for life. And I invite you, like if you feel like you're having um, some sort of issues with relationships, with boundaries, really read that book. It's going to help you to make more friends and win people and identify how can you uh, plug in your energy so they can feel attracted to you, there is a psychology behind this. And then on that topic, I also wanted to talk to you about energy and happiness and positivity because your vibe attracts your tribe. Okay. Never forget that. Write this down. Your vibe attracts your tribe. I get so many compliments from people who tell me, wow, you know, how can you be so energized? You know, how much coffee have you had? You know, right now, for the record, I'm in my second cup of coffee with my unicorn uh, cup that Mina gave me. Um, Great, great, great friend and client. In the, so I want you to know that your vibe attracts your tribe. And here is the thing. Uh, I was listening to Mel Robbins. I really, really love her. And she was saying uh, that energy, energy is passion. And I thought about it and kind of paused for a second. I'm like, hmm, energy is passion. Well, I kind of say, yes, I know. Great energy is is passion, right? At the same time, um, bad energy can be anger, can be resentment, not necessarily passion. I think the deeper, um, the deeper feeling will be anger or resentment when the person has bad energy. But let's put this good energy, it's it's when you're passionate, right? So if you feel like you don't have energy, if you feel like you have unfinished projects, if you feel like you're not getting things done, Ask yourself, where is my level of passion for what I am doing? And sometimes learning will give you that passion. Sometimes getting involved in something new, our brains crave for novelty, will click that passion and then you will feel that energy. One of the things I teach my clients and when we do their VIP days, uh, it's it's the, the dynamic of how scientifically, by physics, it's proven that you cannot serve others with an empty cup, okay? And I actually, when I was preparing for this talk today, I brought some tools so I can show you live. And if this is the podcast, you can see it, but what I can do is show you the link. So those of you who are listening via podcast, um, you can see what I'm doing, but I'm gonna do my best to also describe to you. So you can't serve others when your cup is empty, okay? I'm sure that you have heard that before. I had heard that many, many, many times. But honestly, I didn't click with the dynamic until I saw what I'm going to share with you. So just take a look at, for example, um, an empty, uh, basically a transparent vase, right? And I have water here. On this base, and I'm going to demonstrate to you, so you can see, okay, how science can help us to live a happier life and a life where not necessarily we achieve happiness because happiness can be a state of mind that sounds very, very, um, I would say, uh, intimidating. But at least we can commit to have more joy. Okay, Um, I have a friend and client and coach. uh, She's a joy master and, uh, Jennifer Wheeland, She's amazing. Amazing. And she says, well, I don't, I don't like to teach happiness. I like to teach joy and joy. is in, should be in everything that you do, including your marketing and all of that. And I was like, wow, that's so good. Okay. So you can do this experiment at home guys. Uh, so take your, um, you know, transparent bowl so you can see things more clear. Right. And this is the cup. Think about the cup, your heart, your spirit, your mind, how much of the positivity of that, you know, self talk is coming to you as a pep talk versus if you're not having too many great conversations with yourself. Well, you're, you're just kind of draining your cup, right? And uh, I wanted to think about those relationships that are not working for you and you're just kind of keeping that resentment. All that drains us, right? Now, what happens when we are drained, when we are full of that uh stuff that is not really serving us, is not really giving us more passion, but instead that stuff is draining our passion and is getting our energy lower, and therefore you're having a lower vibration. Okay. And what happens is this. So I'm gonna put this this bowl here, you know, this little messenger. As you can see. Whatever I do with this bowl, right? This thing, this little mason jar is floating there and it's kind of going wherever I am shaking this thing. When we think about it, this is what's going to happen. And this is what happens in our lives. We go with the flow. <laughs> Some people say it's better like that. No, it's not. Because when you're doing this, you're basically allowing other people to leave Your life the way that they want to. You're not certain. You're not assertive. And you're certainly not having the best vibration so that you can attract your best opportunities. You get that? I hope you're getting this. Now, let's just see what happens when you have your cup completely full. I wanted to pay attention to the sound. And those of you who are listening to this in the podcast, I'm now getting some water into the mason jar okay now you see it it has water and notice how when i put this in the bowl notice even the sound see you're solid like a rock i am moving the bowl and it's not moving anywhere what does this tell you what does this tell you i want you to reflect around. Those relationships that you are basically on them, but you're not really fulfilled. You are empty. And in those relationships, there are no boundaries. There's really not communication about any expectations. Um, you're really surrendering your power. You're giving up and giving away your power. Imagine somebody else is then leaving their own agenda. And you are not thinking about what do you want. Now, don't feel bad. You're not alone. You're not the only person trying to push out people so that you can leave your own agenda. Sometimes those people who are in the middle between you and the best version of you are living with you. And it's so terrible. It's so terrible when we think about this, when we think about that people who are so close to us, that should be the one who be lifting us and loving us and showing how much they care about us. They're the first to just walk away. And that hurts. That freaking hurts. So if you're allowing their behavior to be on the way of you taking control of your life and designing the life on the best version of you, this is where you need to start. Start by saying enough is enough. Start also by putting together those set of boundaries and set up expectations with them. There's nothing wrong with saying, hey, listen, I'm kind of not having fun here. We need to talk about the way that we are taking care of this relationship. Um, And uh, I said family, but this also can be applicable with uh, your besties, some of your best friends. They might be just interested in chasing their own agenda and they can care less about your agenda. They are bulldozing your life. Okay. So stop right there. Enough is enough. How can you right now find passion in something that gets you going. It doesn't have to be something that is so clear and so defined and you know all of the steps. Sometimes all you need to to know is one step and where you're going. In the middle, there's going to be a rough path. There's going to be, you know, some curves and all of that. It really doesn't matter. You don't need to see it all. But what happens is that if you step and move forward, you show up in life and you have the best intentions to walk away from those things that you're no longer allowing, okay, you will realize that you can move forward. One of the things I am, one of the reasons why I am so inspired to finish my book, it's because I am actually able to see my life from the distance and I was able to realize I needed to break up with myself and I needed to have some aha moments and come to Jesus meetings to have what I wanted, to stop doing the things that were really, really dangerous for my future and for my family and for the people who I love. And uh, I can't wait to give you the step-by-step things that I was able to do. And you know what? Probably I will fail miserably. Probably the book is going to be horrible. Probably you will hate it, but probably not. And sometimes you have to take that approach and uh, do things with the only purpose of satisfying your passion. You know, I became passionate about the idea of teaching you how to break up with yourself. Okay. okay. And that's the only thing I knew when I started writing the book. Um, along the way, it's been a lot of hiccups, you know, a lot of people that I hired and that it didn't work out. And then, you know, it's over and over and over. Same thing is going to happen anytime you try to do something new. You can only have control of what's in the immediate moment. And the second thing that you can have control is on your vibration. As long as you keep up with the high vibration, remember your vibe attracts your tribe. Now I'm going to have to wrap up this episode um, and without... You know, I don't want to wrap up without telling you a couple of things. Number one, if you're watching this live, there's a webinar tomorrow. Don't miss it, especially if you're an entrepreneur and you want to learn how to market yourself using the 2020 best strategies. Number two, and especially if you're listening this on the podcast, I became passionate about optimizing my life and I became passionate about helping others how to optimize their life using a way that actually it doesn't take you any sort of investment. It is a planner. And when I say investment, yes, you're just going to cover for the cost of producing this. Um, I didn't want to charge anything for this planner. There's no way for me to even recover the amount of time invested in this, but we found a way to uh, ship this to you via office max and then you can get a quarter of the trackers. It's my visibility planner. I want you to take a look at the page that is going to show you a preview of the planner. And if you're feeling like you are basically off track with your goals, in particular, if you are a content producer, if you are branding yourself, if you're a coach, if you are a health coach, you know, any of those industries that you recognize that people need to like you before they trust you and they buy from you, and you're really trying to Market yourself and using social media, using your website, how exactly does that merge into your existing life and chaotic life? Well, that's what uh, the planner can help you with. Oh, I'm seeing messages. Hi, Ian. My story yesterday. Okay, let me see. Let me see if I can just click really quickly here. Um, What I'm going to do for the sake of keeping the podcast clean, I'm going to say, I'm going to wrap up the podcast, but I'm going to stay with you, Ian. So guys, if you listen to this podcast, it's been an amazing journey that, you know, we've had with these conversations. I want to hear from you. What boundaries are you going to set up? What expectations are you going to set up? And how are you going to start filling up that cup? Because I don't want people with empty cups. Okay. So see you soon. If you're live, please stay here. Um, Now, Ian, I am with you. Um, So great message. My story yesterday. Let me see. I want to see your story. Um. Reminder: Your self worth isn't found on your phone. <sighs> yes, 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 and yes. Um, huh, a couple of things. Actually, I want to ask you, Ian. What What do you think about that? Like, what kind of um example came to you when you saw that quote? I immediately think about those times when you're trying to validate yourself and you get really, really mad because people don't hear you. And one thing that I teach my clients is about the silence, the silence engagement. Okay. It's been proven that 84% of the conversations about what you share on social media are happening offline. Okay. What that means is actually that more and more people react digitally less, but they're watching you and they talk about it with their friends. That is the silent engagement. It's actually 84 percent. That is a lot of conversations. And um, don't get discouraged if you share your content and you're just trying to validate your point, but you're validating your point only based on those likes and those comments. Oh, my goodness. You probably should just change your uh, your approach to social media because you'll be really, really pissed off. And uh, self-worth. Oh, my goodness. Um, In fact, my book has uh, that was one of the things I needed to break up with myself. I had a terrible, terrible perception of my self-worth. I was living on a drain cup and I was just accepting anything for people. Um, and I was just really, really lost. And, uh, I am explaining in the book, the process of recovering that, uh, self-worth. In fact, I pressure myself so much to create, but I don't actually enjoy being in front of my phone. Hmm. Hmm. It's true. Um. I love having real conversations. To be honest with you, I love really, um. You know, having the chance to to speak to people and see their reaction. And uh, very often, I realize that what I meant to say was not what people thought that I was meant to see. You know, saying and it's much better when we just give permission to um give permission to uh, have that real communication. My book, it's titled Born to be Unicorn. Born to be Unicorn. And let me show you something really, really. You see, when I hit comments, uh, (laughs) hold on. Um, Hold on. So so one of the things I realized um, when I was writing the book is this. I'm going to show you something. I realized, and this is part of the self-worth chapter, um, explaining how I needed to break up with my terrible, terrible um, habit of not respecting myself and not honoring my worth. And I realized, Ian, um, that the word dealer and leader have the same letters. When you see in the book, that I am explaining the acronyms for both. It was, to me, it was for me like an amazing aha moment because I realized that the best way I could describe my life when I was just uh, not having my self-worth in check, I was like a dealer. Think about a dealer. A dealer just receives something from somebody and delivers it to somebody else. You're always, always in the middle. And then when you're the leader, you're the one calling the shots and making some of the decisions. Um, And when you read the book, you will see more explanation of that. But how amazing is that um, the same concept, dealer and leader, have the same words, right? So we need to stop being a dealer in life and we need to start leading in life. And the first thing that you can lead, many people think that they are not leaders and they don't have to be leaders because they they're good in the position that they are. Um, basically, associating the concept of being the leader with being the boss and giving instructions. In reality, that's really not what being a leader is. And the first leadership position that you all need to take and we all need to take is leading ourselves. This is one of the reasons why I was so uh, annoyed at the fact that I could not really lead my ability to stay healthy. I was just very frustrated because I should be able to control my body. I should be able to control my impulses to, to eat what I know that I should not be eating. Instead, I give up and I give food so much power. And when I analyze it, I was like, this is just dangerous, but also it is, it was a habit. And the same thing happens in relationships. You know that it's a toxic relationship, but you know that you're sucked into a habit. And that's, that is part of the elements of living a life as a dealer. Okay. Um, you know, some people deal things that are not legal, but they're cool because they're just making money. You know, they're like closing their eyes and walking away. That's, that's dealing in life. And we should not do that. We should be a leader in life. Okay. Um, I probably should go. I do have a call very, very soon, but I have enjoyed very, very much this conversation. If you have been watching it, leave me a comment here. Um, I know that some of you are working, so you could not watch this live. But Just to you know, I'm cutting these episodes and uh, helping to digest these episodes using podcasts. So you can just put them in your car and all of that. Any suggestions, anything that you're going through that uh, you have a question, you can message me. Don't have the expectation that I'm going to be answering immediately. (laughs) But uh, maybe we can see each other tomorrow. Uh, I love that. Same reason I don't swear today because I couldn't control my words. It was frustrating. Yes, 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 yes. Um, Anytime when we give away power, Um, we lose, we lose control. And that's, that's actually one of the elements of self-worth. You know, when you have a strong self-worth, you have self-control. Okay. You have self-confidence. Read about it. It's very, very fascinating to see how much is associated with that self-worth. I needed to dig deep. One thing, uh, last thing, and then with this, I go. I realized that my lack of control and my lack of recognizing my self-worth was very, very hidden into comments that i had and the tape that i had when i was growing up uh, as a fatty girl and i still you know was kind of behaving like the fatty girl and the chubby girl Um, kids will tell me names and even my mom will tell me names and i was just really not killing that chubby girl and i needed to kill her i needed to really break up with her Break up with that mentality, break up with all of those habits that were related to that character. And very often we don't even realize it, but we live life using many characters. It's easier. It's easier. But, you know, I'm going to challenge you into something. If you want to take a new character and a a new fantasy in your life, how about if you just behave like a successful person? How about if you behave like the leader that you respect and you start respecting yourself? I'm going to wrap up because this is a topic that can take us to another hour. Jesus, <laughs> guys. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> this episode of the Marketing for Greatness podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more expert-level marketing and sales secrets. Don't forget to visit our website, marketingforgreatness.com. The Greatness blog produces fresh content all the time. Make sure you allow notifications to get updates immediately.